0: This podcast may contain adult language and situations, graphic, gory details, and other not so nice things. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Lacey. And I'm Ashley. And this is United States of Murder. This week, we're in West Virginia discussing a murder amongst. Family members.
1: Then we'll talk about a murder amongst friends. So buckle up and join us on this dark and twisted ride through the mountain state.
0: Okay, I have no thrilling opening this week because there are no words. Okay, for wow. this case, it's bananas. I'll take your word for it, and I will try not to laugh because this murder is not funny, right? But this case is. Hmm. So diving in. On january thirtieth, nineteen eighty three, thirty five year old James Duncan of Leyland, West Virginia was reported missing by his wife, Cleo. His truck was found over an embankment by a river. It appeared to be abandoned. Authorities drug the river to see if he was possibly thrown into it, but they find nothing. Rumors start running wild, but it wouldn't be long before. Jane's body was found the next evening police are driving across Wigan's bridge while out on patrol and they come upon a car stopped in the middle of the bridge which is unusual mm-hmm. they see an object being flung out of the car which is strange the car that was throwing whatever it was sees the cop's headlights, and hauls ass out of there. Oh, boy. Then they see someone run off into the woods. Like, someone was clearly left behind when the car took off, and that person ran into the woods. So, they go after the guy in the woods.
1: Oh, the car had a passenger and a driver. Got it. Yes. So, there were multiple people
0: in the car. They see Mm -hmm. the headlights. Car speeds away. I'd be so mad. Somebody, like, darts out. So, the cop's... You know, they're like, we got to go after the person in the woods. Mm-hmm. But what did they throw out? So they're like, flashlights, looking, looking all around the bridge to see if they can see anything. And they see a foot.
1: <gasps> yes. I thought you were going to say a murder weapon. No. A foot? A foot.
0: The foot of James Duncan. He was a dangling upside down from this bridge, visibly dead. His chest was cut open, and there was nothing in there, like, in his chest. Like, it looked like he'd almost been disemboweled. And his foot is tangled in the substructure of the bridge, and he's hanging like a bat. Oh, my gosh. Like, how would you get somebody down from that? What do you do? I have no idea. Do you, like, unwedge their foot and somebody's below them, like... A cartoon One of fire those. truck with the big thing pulled tight, like a tarp? I would think they'd need a lift.
1: But wait, they'd have to be able to get under it. Yeah. Something that telephone pole people need, I would guess. This is I a lot. I a don't lie. know.
0: Yeah. So clearly he didn't commit suicide. No. You can't do this by yourself. So the medical examiner says he wasn't completely disemboweled, but his heart and lungs were missing. And they found a twenty-two slug in there. He had died from a gunshot wound, but after his death, someone had cut him open and removed his organs. James Duncan was a rough man, like very rough. He liked to drink and hang out at the tavern in Mount Hope, which was a nearby town, and he was physically and mentally abusive towards his wife and kids. He and Cleo had one infant daughter together, and he was stepdad to her three sons. Jerry, Joey, and Bobby. The oldest was about 17. Hmm. Like, what a nightmare. Like, your stepdad is the typical redneck drunk who beats his wife and kids in all yeah. the movies. He's, yeah. He's Billy Bob Thornton in every movie he plays. <laughs> Besides Bad Santa. Oh uh, Yeah, I was about to say. So, there's probably a long list of people who know this guy's an asshole mm-hmm. and aren't surprised by this news. Like, he had it coming, probably. It was just a matter of time. Yeah. So on the night of January 29th, James had been out drinking, gets drunk, gets home around 1 a.m., wakes up his wife to make him some food. <sighs> so she puts something in the microwave for him, but it's not hot enough. He slaps it off the table across the room. She runs outside screaming, trying to get away. He drags her bag inside. Here he notices that it's cold and the fire has gone out so he loses his mind over that she makes him something else to eat not good enough a repeat of earlier happens he throws the shitty food chases her outside drags her back in he's beating her at this point 17 year old son wakes up and attempts to intervene like this is his mom he's watching get the hell beat out of her same thing happens to him He goes after the stepson. He runs outside into the woods. And eventually they calm down and agree to talk. So he comes back inside. And stepdaddy Dickhead has already woke up the other two little boys and proceeds to yell at all of them (sighs) about the fire being out. It's 2 a.m. He's drunk. These babies were asleep. Their mother's bleeding, swollen face. There's shit running down the wall where he slapped food across. And he is holding a knife, basically yelling at everybody and Mm -hmm. using this knife like a pointing stick. Yeah. And telling them all, it's your fault. You've made me do this. You're imbeciles. How could you let the fire? Just, he's an asshole. Yeah. At this point, he grabs a 22 rifle. The stepdad. So, this was his mother-in-law's gun that she had left for her daughter for protection,
1: and how'd he get a hold of it? Because it's just
0: propped up against the wall. Oh, oh it's, no. They're in the hills of West Virginia. Yeah. Grandma lives next door.
1: Her mom. Her mom. Okay.
0: So this is a small town where all the families live near one another or on the same land. So grandma, Dorothy's her name, she's close enough to hear all this bullshit going down.
1: I cannot
0: imagine. So she comes over. Mom's beaten. Kids are screaming and crying running through the yard it's 2 a.m there's broken dishes just some bullshit so grandma comes in and she's like what the fuck is going on in here james has the gun she tries to wrestle it away from him and a struggle ensues james is shot Mm. dead Mm. one shot through the heart she freaks out realizing that he is dead and immediately tries to shoot herself Oh, my gosh. Grandma takes the gun and is, like, pointing it at her head in front of all of these kids and her daughter. And she's going to off herself because she's like, I I didn't mean to kill him. I can't live with myself. Oh, my God. What have I done? Oh, my gosh. So, daughter says, I'll take the blame, Mom. I'll say it was self-defense. He had beaten me. There's all these witnesses. Like, I'm not lying. I'll tell him I did it. This doesn't sound like a Reba McIntyre song.
1: Well, yeah, but it was self-defense. So. Yes,
0: but not against grandma. Correct, yeah. You know. Anyway, so the whole family, kids, everybody, oh, they're man. all sitting down and trying to figure out what's our story. Oh, no. So they decide to bury this man in the backyard. Instead of... Going to the cops or calling the cops. They're just going to bury him. <sighs> They're going to bury him, and they send the two oldest boys, who are like 14 and 17, out back at 3 a.m. in January, West Virginia, to dig a hole to put their stepdad's body in. That's going to be some hard ground. Uh, Yes. So, they chunk stepdaddy in and cover him up. That's that. They're done. Wow. So, they're like, well, people are going to notice he's missing. So, they come up with a plan to drive his truck down a gravel road, run it off a hillside into the river below to make it look like an accident. So, off they go. hmm Mom's following in the car. They're going to drive the truck off. They get to the hill. They push the truck. It rolls down and stops before it hits the river. So, they're like, God damn it. This is a terrible terrible They're terrible criminals. They're like the Three Stooges. Yeah, that's... So now what? They can't drive the truck out of there. Oh my gosh. So they walk back to the car to try to regroup and figure out what now, now what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. And that's when they realize they have locked the keys in the car. So now they're stuck. Just so happens somebody they know is driving by oh and they gosh. send them to the house to get the extra set of keys and bring them back. Mm. Yes. So. Nobody asks any questions. The person that goes and gets the keys, not why are you on this dirt road at four AM? What why are the kids here? What the fuck's why is your face bloody and swollen? Like nobody's don't ask, don't tell.
1: That must mean they were up to something bad well, too where they're probably, like well, let's just not talk about. Or they were with
0: somebody else's yeah, spouse that's what that they guess. shouldn't have been. So thirty minutes later they return home later that day. Cleo files a missing person's report. This is when the police find the truck and drag the river. Mm. Cleo is upset. Even though he beat the shit out of her and her kids, she loved him and she misses him and she tells her family, we need to have a proper burial for him. Oh, gosh. But they can't just take him to the funeral home, right? No. So they come up with a plan to now dig his body up and put it in the river since police are still looking for him and patrolling the area, they'll find his body. So we need to put him in in the river, right? So now they have to dig it up. There is... N- Th- this too much is going absolutely
1: on. Absolutely not. No,
0: no. So the two oldest boys, again, go out, dig him up, drag him to the house. And they've done nothing. Not shit. Party. They're just like, God damn, can we just... We need to go to school. Like, what are God, we doing? They have, that's what they're dealing <laughs> yes, with in high yes, school. I 17 swear. and 14, yes. So they pull him into the yard, drag him up to the yard and Grandma's like, wait a minute. If they find his body with the bullet inside... They can trace that back. They're going to know that I shot him. So we got to get the bullet. Oh, my gosh. So now they drag this man's body in the house, put him on the kitchen table, and cut him open.
1: Or they could have put the gun in his truck in the first place and act like he took it. That's a good idea,
0: but no. That's what they're – So now he's on the kitchen table, all the kids around. Now there's an eight-month-old baby, like a 10-year-old, 14, 17, you know, with their stepdad's body and grandma has a knife and cuts him open and does a hillbilly autopsy Mm. looking for this twenty two bullet.
1: And no one was puking. Oh, my gosh.
0: Spoiler alert, she doesn't find it. What? It's a twenty two. Those bullets can and have ricocheted off of bones. They scramble internal tissues, pierce organs that hmm. cause you to bleed out. So, they, they travel. They're very light bullets. So, it could be anywhere in his body. So, if you get shot in the ass, basically, with a twenty two, it can bounce all through your body and end up in your brain. It's huh. – you don't want to get shot, like, even in, like, in the shoulder of a twenty two. It could end up in your groin. Like, they just bounce all... Anyways, so, they can't find a bullet. Oh, my gosh. So, they have to lay this man, don't find a bullet, say, fuck it, load him in the back of his car, and now they're driving him to the bridge to be thrown into the river.
1: This is such a terrible idea because <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> they do they not realize that he couldn't have done this to himself? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. If he had the gun with him, they could think, "Oh, suicide." So Grandma
0: removes heart and lungs, digging for this bullet.
1: Have mercy, and she doesn't
0: put him back. They're just at the house. They just like, oh fuck, we couldn't find. Put him in the cart. We gotta go. We're losing daylight. It's January daylight savings. It gets dark. We gotta go. Cannot. So they drive to the bridge, and they are going to throw him in the river, but he's too heavy. So, as they're trying to throw him in, his foot gets caught in the bridge and he just swings down and is hanging upside down with his chest and stomach laid open. I don't know if he has clothes on or not, but his whole, yeah. So the son is sent down to the bottom of the bridge to try to dislodge this dead body who is dripping blood and been opened up. And the 17 year old is like, Trying to get his foot. St- and this is when they see the cop
1: car. Oh, so it's the whole fam family. Yes. Oh, my god! So they
0: see the headlights. Grandma and mom jump in the car. They drive off and leave the 17-year-old under the bridge with the dead body. They oh take off. That's when the cops pull up and he takes off into the woods. Just in... I told you there's <laughs> no word. If this world? was a movie, you would be like, this is too much.
1: I'd be like, this, this is isn't, this so is, dumb. This this is no one would so do d- this. No one would, this would have to be like a comedy. Yeah, I'd be like, no one would do that. This, this doesn't, do that? yeah, makes no sense.
0: So this, grandma and mom, dukes a hazard style, slide across the hood, sling gravel out of there, leave the sun. He's in the woods. They get lost on the back roads of West Virginia for hours and hours before they finally make it home. Oh I know. Oh my gosh. I know. So the next day they are pulled over by police as they were driving to turn themselves in. Grandma and mom are like, we can't fucking do this anymore. Like we oh, just wow. gotta turn ourselves in. Like we we, we we there's nothing else.
1: Now that you have a thousand more charges yes. to add yes. on top of it all. Yes. Oh, so They,
0: (laughs) The cops are like, we saw this car last night at the bridge and found a (sighs) dead body belonging to your husband. Get in the back of the fucking squad car. Like, don't even ask. Anyways. So, Cleo is charged with two counts, one unlawful discernment, and one count of murder. Mm. That's it. Like, there are so many, like you said, many more charges they could be charged with. Like...
1: Desecrating a corpse contributing to um, the delinquency
0: of a minor. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Destroying evidence. Um, uh, um, yeah, I, mean, I would yeah. think so,
0: yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So grandma, mom, and oldest son are arrested. They post a fifty thousand dollar bond and are released the same day to go home. Wow. Except for the seventeen year old because he's a minor, so he has to go to oh, like God. a juvenile place. Poor kid. No shit. He didn't ask me. Dr- no, he didn't do anything. Yeah. I mean, he did something. But what are you going to do? Tell your grandma and mom it's your no? your grandma and your mom. You're not going to tell them no. Just,
1: yeah. In that situation. Ugh.
0: So Cleo, Cleo goes to trial first. She is being charged with the discernment and murder. Police officer takes the stand and testifies to what she had told him. All the way down to digging up the body. Cleo testifies during the trial that her mom is the one who actually shot James. And her son said the same thing. So Cleo is acquitted of murder, but found guilty for the unlawful discernment of a human body. She was sentenced to two to five years. She is released on the same bond as before. So she leaves the same day and goes home. And she decides to appeal, arguing that the discernment implies prior burial in the sense of a decent burial. James did not have a proper burial. He was merely... still on this? He was merely hidden in the ground. Oh, my Lord. Not buried before, so it couldn't fall under the subject of unlawful. They also argued that it's no different than the removal of a dead body from a serial killer's home or a plane crash, mudslide, or flood. Because you're digging up a body that didn't have a proper burial so it's really the same thing. Wow. Yes. I'm like you got 2 to 5 years. Shut. I uh, that's the what fuck I would up. think. Like, and man, only two charges and one was dismissed. Walk away. That's what I would think. And you're and you're out on the bond that you set before. You don't even have to put up any more money. Go home and take care of your fucking kids. Right. Like these. this is yes. Mm. So, they argue back that the hole James was placed in was dug specifically for him. So, that was a grave.
1: <laughs> it's semantics of it's burial. It's semantics like, of burial. You know, it's yes. petty. Like, drop it and Shut go away. Shut up. You had two to five years to I mean, get out. Yeah, it's it's. You don't even have probation. Walk away. You, yes. Just because there wasn't, I don't know, a prayer, a closing prayer by a priest or something either. doesn't. No. So, that
0: doesn't work the two to five years stays in place. The, she wasn't acquitted. So wow. next is Mama Dorothy. Lord. She pleads guilty. Yes, I shot him. Yes, I told them to dig him up and attention to the, to dig the bullet out in front of kids. Yes, I did that. And I also helped try to throw him off a bridge and then left my grandson behind. But I didn't mean to kill him. But I am guilty of shooting him. So she is also sentenced to two to five years. Wow. The judge suspends the sentence and gives her credit for the 55 days that she served in county and tells her to go home. They just... Yes.
1: Believe it?
0: They're like, you're... We don't... You know, the judge probably knew James. I was about to say... He was probably like, this motherfucker has been in this court for domestic shit. Probably hot checks. (laughs) I'm just assuming DWI's, you know, he was probably just a bad guy. You got to be a real asshole for the judge to be like, you you shot him and dug him up and then tried to dig I a mean, bullet out of that and, and threw him off a bridge. It's fine. And go home. they're
1: just, here's a freebie while you're at go it. Go home. we will count these 55 yeah. days. You can't own a gun. Don't buy a gun, but you can go, just go home. What in the world? Yes.
0: Jerry, the 17 year old son stayed in trouble.
1: Are you serious? He
0: was arrested multiple times and ended up dying at the age of 43, which is so young. Grandma died at 92. And Cleo is now in her 70s and is alive and kicking somewhere. Wow. Yes. Which, I know. You you can't do all of this to a child. And you know that was just, that one night was just... The straw that broke the camel's back. You know that abuse, verbal, physical, mental, had been going on for years. Yeah,
1: I mean, and you're 17. Uh-huh. And then, ugh, that sucks. Awful. So, that is
0: my crazy story. Holy oh, cow. No. I, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, there was no opening. It sounds made up.
1: Yeah, this
0: sounds like if me and you and our friend Jason were trying to dispose of a body. It's true, <laughs> like, would just be, I, I would just turn myself. Pick it in. up, Jason. Pick up the head. And we got tears. Lacey, uh-uh. get the feet. We got to no. throw. Jason just, would be throwing up. I'd be throwing up. I'd be real mad because I'd be trying to smoke and I'd have blood all over me, and <sighs> it just my cigarette would get wet.
1: No. We'd have to go to Malvern somewhere and try to. try. I would to turn my myself thing. in. Like Lacey's a snitch. I, yeah, I'm. I can't do prison. Like I'm gonna do what it takes <laughs> well, they to didn't not have to. do prison. They didn't have
0: to. So. Right.
1: Fair enough.
0: Anyway, I always say
1: that I'm like, don't involve me in your crimes. I can't do prison. <laughs> She's gonna tell. She will I don't want to be someone's she bitch. She will
0: not go down with this ship. No. I don't, like, I don't, I don't want to be somebody's oh. bitch in prison. Have you ever seen, this made me think, because this is exactly what this sounds like. There is a documentary. It came out a long time ago on Netflix. It's not on there anymore. But I looked it up and I think it's on Prime Video now. Anyways, it's called The Wild and Wonderful yes, Whites yes, 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 West yes, Virginia. Yes, yes. And this is who... This made me think of. Oh,
1: I was like. Oh, no, no, it's okay. not them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. no that, but it made me think
0: that this is them. This is the kind of family. I forgot about that. No shade whatsoever to West Virginia. No, we,
1: we, we, I mean, we, live, we in live in Arkansas. We live in Arkansas.
0: We have no room to talk. No.
1: But. That documentary could have been made about. <laughs> I don't
0: mean, oh, my God. I'm if you haven't seen down. that, y'all yeah, need to watch that
1: it. Yeah, that is something else. And. Hmm. I don't oh, even God. Have have They're words. naming all
0: their names. Was this Sue Bob?
1: Well, I mean.
0: <laughs> they took her baby. That was. in <laughs> the Taco Bell drop through. She's screaming.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. <sighs> Anyways. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. Well, that was Out of This World. I've never heard about that, but if there's not a documentary about that, there needs to be one. Holy it's, crap. And and we're not laughing at the fact that this guy was murdered. No. But he sounds like
0: an asshole.
1: Yeah, not that he deserved murder. Not I mean, that he deserved murder. They took, well, she didn't mean if she didn't mean to kill him, she wasn't taking it into her own hands, but right. you know what I mean, like right. it was just Well, my case has been covered by a couple of bigger podcasts, so you may have heard of it before, but some of our listeners maybe haven't heard it, and it's unlike a lot of others, so I'm doing it too. Skylar Annette Nice was born on February 10, 1996, and was the only child of Mary and David Nice. They resided in Star City, West Virginia, which is in the northern part of the state, pretty close to Pennsylvania. I forgot it was that far up there. I looked at a map. I'm like, what? Yeah, no, it's no kidding. Far up there. In the summer of 2012, Skylar was a bubbly 16-year-old honor student at University High School, which is near Morgantown, West Virginia. She had big dreams and wanted to become a criminal defense lawyer. She loved to read and had a pretty active social life. She also worked part-time at Wendy's with two of her close friends. Skylar was part of an inseparable trio that consisted of her and two other girls named Sheila Eddy and Rachel Schoff. She had known Sheila since she was eight, so that's quite a long – that's half her life. And she had met Rachel their freshman year of high school, so they're sophomores, so they've known her just – I mean, well, when you're in high school, that seems like a long time. But it was said Skylar was the emotional rock for Sheila and Rachel. Sheila was fun loving, but Skylar was always trying to save her, as in give her advice, tell her when she did something ridiculous, you know, kind of mom her a little bit, right. and so on. But Rachel was the opposite of Sheila. She came from a strict Catholic family, and she really looked up to Sheila's carefree attitude. So you kind of have the good girl, the rebel, and the mom in between trying to make it all work. Social media was a big part of their lives, I mean, it's 2012, so they would each post and share a lot on Facebook and on Twitter. In May of 2012, it was clear that there was a lot of tension going on with the girls. On May 31st, Skylar tweeted, You're a two-faced bitch, and obviously fucking stupid if you thought I wouldn't find out. Holy shit. Yeah, this is just... uh, Tweets. Earlier that spring, she tweeted, Too bad my friends are having lives without me. It kind of seemed, at least to Skylar, that Sheila and Rachel were becoming closer friends and kind of leaving her out. I was not a part of, like, a trio. When you're a teenager, you're jealous. There's so many emotions. Can you imagine, like, you have a best friend. And then suddenly you have another best friend, girl. But there's we have always friends that act like that now. Uh, that's true. Don't even say. <laughs> but I feel like when there's three, there's always.
0: I don't yeah, know. That's. I, I was never that girl that was like. I mean, I had a group of girlfriends in high school. Yeah,
1: but there were. Well, I had a group of like four of us. I had a group of several close friends, but I only had one like best friend. You know what I mean? Where it's yeah. like the three of them were all. Trying to be equal best friends, but that's not going to happen. Girls are girls are assholes. Just yeah. in a nutshell. Yeah, everything about this. It's like, like cousins. <sighs> yeah, and I have a bunch of girl cousins, and
0: mm-hmm. I remember when we would get together for holidays that there would they would pair off, and that same would infuriate with my family.
1: Yeah, us. similar to that. Like yeah. there's girls you like more than a, yeah, it's or just, that you have more in common with, or that you click with better. Or, so yeah. it's just sixteen-year-olds being sixteen-year-olds. You Ooh. know, I mean, it is what it is. So Skylar and Sheila were fighting a lot, and unbeknownst to Skylar, Rachel would be listening in on their fights on a three-way call, which is awful. uh uh-uh. There was a lot of mean girl stuff going on, and the thing that gets me is they were friends. These weren't enemies, because I know a lot of stuff like that happens in high school. But it's like you're all friends, and you have want- – they're basically making her the – you know the middle of the joke, and she didn't even know she was in on it. They were obviously going through a lot of stuff, but they were still hanging out together. And I do remember fighting with my best friends and making up constantly over silly stuff. So I get that part where it's like you say something stupid, you apologize the next day. You're, you know, you you fight hard and you get over stuff right. hard when you're a teenager. Your your frontal lobe has not developed
0: yet. Well,
1: anyway. Late in the night on July 6 of 2012, Skylar snuck out of her bedroom window to meet up with Sheila and Rachel. They were going to smoke weed together across the Pennsylvania state border. They've done this before, so nothing new. Skylar was on the fence about meeting up with them though, since they weren't in the best place, but after some calls and texts between the girls, she changed her mind and decided to meet up with them and go out. Well, the next day, Skylar did not show up for work at Wendy's, which was a first. She always went to work, so her parents knew something was wrong. They also knew that she didn't run away because her cell phone charger, toothbrush, and toiletries were all still in her room. They're like, if she's going to sneak out and run away, she's going to take her stuff. She's She had her phone, but she's not going to leave all this behind. Right. So they reported her missing. So Skylar's parents thought she snuck out because the screen on her window was missing, but they didn't realize where she was going or what she was doing until Sheila called them later that day and told them about it. Sheila said that she and Rachel picked Skylar up at 11 PM that night and they dropped Skylar off at the end of the road to her apartment that night because they didn't want her parents to hear the car, see them, yada, yada. So, They said they dropped her off at the end of the road, and she walked back. And she said they were back before midnight. So the niece family had cameras outside of the apartments, so the police were able to review it. It was dark, so the footage was grainy. But around 12.30 a.m., the footage showed Skylar leaving her apartment and getting in a four-door sedan. The car drove away just five minutes later and never returned. So at this point, they know Sheila's timeline's wrong. She said they picked her up around 11 p.m. and returned before midnight. Skylar didn't even leave until 12.30 a.m. Wow. Which Yeah. The day after her disappearance, Skylar and her mom helped canvas the neighborhood for Skylar. Rachel wasn't there to help, though, because that day she had to leave to attend a Catholic summer camp for two weeks. An Amber Alert was not immediately issued because the law enforcement authorities considered her to be a runaway. I know. That shit pisses me off. Even though her parents were convinced this wasn't the case, there was nothing they could do about this. Then they received a tip that she had been spotted in North Carolina. But when police looked into it, it was determined that the person spotted was not actually Skylar. So in the meantime, the nieces are posting flyers everywhere in the area in hopes that someone would know something or maybe they had seen her. After no luck, the West Virginia State Police and then the FBI joined the search for Skyler. And since the police weren't getting anywhere, they decided to just keep interviewing Skyler's friends. And social media also gave them some clues. Skylar had tweeted the afternoon before she disappeared. Quote, Sick of being at fucking home. Thanks, friends. Love hanging out with you all, too. The day before she posted, you doing shit like that is why I can never completely trust you. So just the day before she hung out with them, it sounds bad. A state trooper assigned to the case named Chris Berry thought there was something fishy going on with the girls the whole time. So he created a fake online account as a cute teenage boy who went to West Virginia University in Morgantown. So he was trying to catfish people, basically. Then he added a bunch of people, including Sheila and Rachel, so it wouldn't look weird or suspicious. And he was kind of monitoring how they were online and like – because, you know, you have to be friends to see certain things. He noticed Sheila was pretty perky and upbeat and happy – even though her best friend was missing, but Rachel, on the other hand, had gone quiet online. And the weird thing was, neither of them seemed upset about their best friend being missing.
0: I hate this so much.
1: So they were just—they were still posting stuff, but it was run-of-the-mill stuff. Mm-hmm. Nothing like our—nothing fr- about her. And they were posting photos together with mm-hmm. the them two on November fifth. So now it's four months later. There was an odd post by Sheila that read, No one on this earth can handle me and Rachel. If you think you can, you're wrong. Girl, shut. (laughs) So it's like the officer's like, what in the world? And around this time, other people on social media started accusing them of the murder. The the friends. The two girls. The two girls. Well. Mm -hmm. So Sheila and Rachel did have other friends. They were all pretty social. But over time... They were distancing themselves from everyone else, and then they were only around each other the months after Skylar went missing. On a hunch, authorities started looking at the surveillance footage from nearby businesses to see if they could see Sheila's car that same night, which is pretty smart. Mm -hmm. Turns out, that same car was at a nearby convenience store in Blackstone, West Virginia. So that's west of Star City, but Sheila and Rachel had both claimed they went east that night. So they're caught in a second lie. But they still needed more. On December 28, 2012, Rachel's parents called 911. They said, I have an issue with a 16-year-old daughter of mine. I can't control her anymore. She's hitting us. She's screaming. She's running through the neighborhood. And in the background, they could hear Rachel crying. Then they heard her say, give me the phone. No, no, this is over. This is over. What? Yeah. And then her mom said, my husband's trying to contain her. Please hurry. So they went to their house and authorities picked Rachel up and took her back to the station. Then she broke down and told them everything that happened the night Skylar went missing. She immediately blurted out that they stabbed Skylar. It's the first thing she said.
0: Oh my god!
1: And that she and Sheila had been planning on murdering her for at least a month prior.
0: How do you sit and plan to murder somebody? Like a whole plan. We hear this so often in these cases that we cover. Sixteen-year-old girls. It's like it never. At one point, when you're going to sleep at night, do
1: you think we're actually going to kill a person? Messed up. Like. I know. This is not. And it was so blasé. She said one day they were sitting in science class and they just decided they should kill her. Rachel was about to go to camp for two weeks, so they agreed the best time to do it was the day before she left. So conveniently, she could be away for two weeks. Well, on the night of July 6th, Rachel got a shovel from her dad's house and Sheila took two knives from her mom's kitchen. They also took a change of clothes and cleaning supplies. They picked Skylar up around 1230 a.m. And this was the middle of summer in West Virginia. Sheila and Rachel were both wearing hoodies to conceal the knives. It was extremely hot, but they didn't say that she caught onto them. But they did go to the woods just across the Pennsylvania state border and got out of the car to smoke some weed. They're walking away from the car. And Sheila and Rachel were like, oh, we forgot a lighter. So Skylar turned her back to them and was walking back to the car to get a lighter. At this point, Sheila and Rachel counted to three, then began stabbing Skylar as her back was turned to them. Oh, 16-year-old girls. She tried to fight back and escape, but she only made it a few feet. Skylar did manage to get Rachel's knife at one point and cut her ankle in an attempt to defend herself, but she couldn't overcome both of them. And they got, you know, they got the jump on her. Already, yeah. Mm -hmm. When she was dead, they planned on burying her, but they didn't realize how hard and rocky the ground was. So instead, they placed her body only a few steps from the road and covered her with branches, dirt, and rocks. Awful. The only explanation ever given was just that they didn't like her anymore and didn't want to be her friend anymore. So you want to kill her? Yeah. Murder her? Isn't that absurdity? They just didn't like her anymore. Oh, God. You don't kill someone because you don't like them anymore. Mm Mm-mm. In early January of 2013, Rachel took investigators to the woods where they killed Skylar. But at this point, it was covered in snow, and she couldn't remember exactly where it was. They weren't able to find the body, but since Rachel confessed, they could charge her at that point with murder. A week later, they found Skylar's body in the woods, and it was nearly unidentifiable. It took until March 13th for the lab to confirm it was, in fact, Skylar niece, And investigators were also able to match blood samples in Sheila's trunk to Skylar's DNA, and she was arrested on May 1st in the parking lot of a Cracker Barrel. Other students overheard conversations between Sheila and Rachel talking about killing Skylar, but no one reported it because they just assumed they were joking. I can – you don't think people are actually going to kill – I don't know. No. You if hear you, people, oh, I'm going to kill her. If you yeah. if
0: you took me seriously, every time I said, I'm going to kill them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, you, you I you would be in jail 50 time.
0: times already.
1: So Sheila was charged with first-degree murder. And she pleaded guilty in January of 2014. She received a life sentence with possibility of parole after just 15 years. She expressed no remorse at all during the trial. Yeah, so she could be paroled when she's just 31.
0: That's young.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Rachel pleaded guilty to second-degree murder and received a 30-year sentence with possibility of parole after just 10 years. Rachel did express remorse. And apologized to Skylar's parents, her own family, and God during her sentencing. Her family also issued a public apology for her actions through their lawyer. I could not imagine being this girl's parents at this point. No. What <sighs> I mean, what do
0: you do? That's like.
1: awful. Just, mm. So they're currently both in their 20s. And they're incarcerated at the Lakin Correctional Center in Mason County. And like I said earlier, an Amber Alert was not issued for Skylar because she technically did not meet all of the criteria. So a West Virginia state legislator, with the help of Skylar's family, introduced a bill called Skylar's Law to modify West Virginia's Amber Alert plan. So this makes it to where they can issue immediate public announcements when any child is reported missing and in danger, regardless of whether the child is believed to have been kidnapped or not. Like, they're a child, they're missing. Freaking do an Amber Alert. David Neese, Skylar's dad, occasionally visits a tree in the woods that is decorated in photos of Skyler. He said, quote, I wanted to take the horrible thing that happened here and turn it into something good. A place that people can come and remember Skylar and remember the good little girl that she was and not the little beast that they treated her like. There's an episode of See No Evil on ID about this case. And then there's a Dateline episode called Something Wicked. I got a lot of my info from an all-that's-interesting article by William DeLong, CBS News, and InvestigationDiscovery.com. But a lot of articles call them, like, the Heathers, the the Heather killings. I've seen that. I've seen them called Mm -hmm. that, yeah. But freaking terrible...
0: I have a kid and I can't imagine him
1: being that way towards another child. That's dark. I I had issues in high school with girls and all that kind of stuff, but not once in my head did I think I wanted to kill someone else or that I thought they wanted to kill me. You know what I mean? That's Mm -hmm. so, I would have, that would not have even crossed my mind that murder was on the table.
0: No. Well, because we're normal. <laughs> it's just You can't be normal and have thoughts of planning a friend's
1: Just murder. over science class, it's just so dark to me. I don't know. And they'll
0: grow. They'll grow. I mean, they're grown now. They're in 20s. Yeah, and they'll get in out in their 30s
1: and, and marry and have life. kids.
0: And it's like it yeah. never happened. Yeah. It's like just a blip in their whole life. And they yeah, it's took so some sad. Life.
1: They just didn't like her anymore, didn't want to be her friend. Okay. Well, so you just don't talk to don't her. Don't sit by her anymore. Yeah. Good oh, lord! Shit, I'm all like <laughs> anyway. What else, what else is going on? <sighs> nothing. No new patrons this week because well, we're recording this earlier is, than yeah, usual yeah. because of the holiday. So we're just gonna pretend that's why. Yeah. Mm. What's going on? Not nothing. Not nothing. Look at that not, double negative. Not nothing. Not and, nothing. <laughs> talking about West Virginia and we're more Southern be, all of a sudden. sudden I'll be damned. I'll be damned. I put my Christmas tree up. I, Me too. Um,
0: binged Designing Women <laughs> and I forgot how damn funny that show oh, is. Oh, it was good. And it almost every episode what today would be very controversial. Hmm. They talk about everything homosexuality, breast cancer awareness, I mean really? divorce. And it was it aunt, was in the, the 80s. 80s, okay, yes. yeah. Being an independent woman, mm-hmm. being, you know, it, it's a lot of it I feel like wouldn't fly these days some of the things they say, but they were I loved very that progressive. progressive.
1: Interesting. Hmm.
0: And the house is just right around Lacey's. Yes, it's right around the corner from Lacey's. Yeah. The Designing
1: Women house. So. I've never been in it. I walk by it. And well, it's the basement inside. Looks the
0: inside it's was different. In it was filmed, filmed in California, yeah. but the outside mm-hmm. was
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. They talk a lot, a lot about Arkansas and. Uh, Oh, um, what's her name? Was from from Poplar Bluff, Missouri. I remember Charlene. that. not in real life, but yeah.
0: I, I was talking to Charlene. To another friend of ours uh, this weekend when I was driving up to Mount Home and I was telling him, I I binged designing women and I said, You're Julia Sugar Baker, Tim mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He said, Who's Charlene? I said, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Hands down, Jason.
1: <laughs> I need to watch. Where were you watching that? On Hulu. It's on Hulu. Yeah, I'm going to need to watch it. It's so good. It.
0: It's so funny. I forgot how good it was. Because the
1: Golden Girls is so good, too. But I feel like the Designing Women yeah. always takes a back seat to the Golden Girls. Yeah. But Designing There's Women There's many, many more
0: episodes of Golden Girls than Yeah,
1: than the, that's true. Designing women I used to watch home. that with my great-grandma all the time. And oh. Golden Girls, but Designing Women, too. So
0: good. So I did that. Nice. And put my Christmas tree up and went and visited an old friend And fun. Um I hung out in Lacey's old stomping grounds. Mm -hmm.
1: I'll be there this coming weekend. And I had a good time. Well that's nice. (laughs) I was texting Lacey (laughs) the whole time I was there, going, Have you ever been here? Have you ever heard of this place?
0: (laughs) She's like, no, yes. It wasn't like that when
1: I was a youth. Okay. (laughs) When I was a youth. oh, Don't be making it sound cool. Other than that, I uh,
0: started Christmas shopping. Tis the season. We need to figure out when our Friendsgiving is and how we're going to do names. Last year, we had this great idea. We were going to draw names. And then I feel like every single person just bought shit for every single person. I forgot we drew names. <laughs> we did. We drew names, but then Why? every yeah. person bought a gift for every yeah, person. Yeah, so it was like,
1: was that me? What was that? My phone. Oopsie. Oh. But yeah, we need to plan that. It's so much stuff's going on. Oh, my gosh. It's busy season. It is. But I like it. Mm-hmm.
0: I like it. I have no plans for Thanksgiving. This will come out after that. But I, uh,
1: we're we're going on our annual turkey trot. We're doing a turkey trot after this. Well, before this airs. But yeah, we're trotting it.
0: Trotting, trotting Wednesday, it. Like Wednesday
1: night. Turkey Little trot. Rock. Watch out. Little we're Rock. Bar hop.
0: <laughs> and then I'll sleep all day Thursday <sighs> and nice. eat spaghettios and have no family to hang out with, which or I'm debating. not mad about. Which I'm mm-hmm. not mad about. So. And you're going um, home?
1: Yep. What's
0: new with you? Nothing? Your eye's not black?
1: My, my eye? No. Is your wart I, falling off? No. I still have it. You and I've paid my, my money. Stone. I'm These like- These motherfuckers are never leaving our body. I'm like, I've paid for two wart treatments. And I've had to drive all the way to West Little Rock. You which, might as well
0: get a hotel room if which drive Which is not there. that
1: far, really. I know people in small towns are like, they have to go that far to go to Walmart. But I'm like, that's a man, You get like used to everything 17 being, minutes. I can't just scoot far. there. That's if too far. I can't scoot there or That's walk there, I'm like, oh my god, what is this place? Uh-uh. I'm gonna have to go back, I think, for a third treatment. I've gotten a lot of messages about people that have also had to do this with the Beetlejuice. Yeah, Beetlejuice. Jeez. Whatever. I'm gonna see Beetlejuice on Broadway. In Lacey New and, York. An, and some other friends of yeah. ours are all going to New York. You still
0: need to go. I know. I want to peer pressure you. I know. I know, and it's my birthday. And you are nobody's going to well, be you here. you need
1: to come with us. That's why. I oh, no. see Beetlejuice with my Beetlefoot. It's just it's the mom guild. It's Christmas and going mm. without my
0: kiddo. I,
1: You're like I hashtag don't not I a get mom. It. I don't get it, but I get it. You wouldn't leave Sam. Oh, to go to <laughs> New York. <laughs> She's like the. <laughs> I'd be on the plane. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. All right, where are we next? Next, next
0: week? we are in. I just pulled this out so I could see it, and now I can't because I don't remember anymore. Um, oh my god, am I
1: blind?
0: It's dark. Rhode Island.
1: Did we? Did we? No, we haven't. done We Rhode haven't island. done Rhode Island
0: yet. No, this that season? was the one we ended on last year, last season. Almost said semester.
1: Oh, you're right. I'm like, yeah. why is that fresh in yeah, my head? Yeah, because it was the
0: one we ended on. Okay, We're in Rhode Island. Well. Island. It's kind of like island. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm cold and delusional. Uh, that's it. That's nothing going on for me. Um, we hope y'all have a happy Thanksgiving mm-hmm. with your family or your family, whoever. Mm-hmm. And um, you know everybody has like their back home stories. Like I was talking to some other moms in mm-hmm. Max's little, and they were talking about. Their own like version of their turkey trot. Like they'll go back home, and other friends from like high school oh, and stuff will come yeah. into town, and they'll like all go to the local bar. Oh, and have, God. I'm like, that would be fun. That I would. I think that would be fun. Mm-hmm. I got to hang out with you, dudes. <laughs> <laughs> same <laughs> ones I hung out with last weekend.
1: <laughs> same old, same old. But you It'll know what? That, you know what else
0: that means? Fresh meat, because there are going to be dudes coming oh, into work. <laughs> <laughs>
1: are here for the holidays. Hey! Oh my god. <laughs> Alright. Bye. Bye.